Red Channel Condition with Michael. It's time to turn him into an acne can. Jonathan. It sounds like abuse. And Peter. The shit that flies out of your mouth sometimes, I swear to God. Welcome, listeners, to this week's episode of Red Channel Condition. As usual, I'm your host, Peter, and I'm once again joined by my two co-hosts, Michael and Jonathan. Guys, we, we got some, some powerful feedback from last week's show regarding our, our discussion of how to handle the homelessness situation in, uh, in New York City that's currently going wow. on. I, yeah, and I think, I think we, we, we might have to talk about this a little more. Yeah, I mean, you know, some, some, of the feed, some of the feedback was very, very strong. You know, people had a lot of opinions on uh, you know, some of our solutions. You know, even outside of the scope of our, our modest proposal. <laughs> so, uh, I love the fact that in that episode, we were also talking about, um, like, when we're old and stuff, like, what are the social wedges that are going to be, uh, people are going to look at us and be like, oh, is that, like, am I now the weird uncle across the table? <laughs> and as we're talking about, like, this is actually one of those social issues that are popping up. Yeah, uh, you know, some, somebody may have skipped... Uh, the develop the rise to uncle status and ended up in the at the barbecue already with the socks and the sandals, right? Just bypass the next, <laughs> just instantly bypass the next twenty years already there. Yeah, so I think we got our our most harsh feedback about the the grinder theorem, where <laughs> Mike suggested that we just take unusable crazies and mesh them into a fine paste. And I don't think some of our listeners took offense to that. But you know, crazy's a crazy is a broad kind of term like and who gets to decide what's crazy i mean we mentioned on the show before there's like there's sanctioned crazy because enough people do it or enough people who have resources do it and then there's crazy and that's not acceptable and those people need to be locked away so who, who gets to be supreme arbiter of what is crazy what is not what is beyond help what is not beyond help what is worth saving what is not worth saving who gets to do that and why yeah i understand there might be some confusion or, 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 or terminology around what is crazy. Obviously, uh, you want to get really specific about it, right? Anything that deviates from the social norm. But that's not what we're talking about here because Mayor Adams isn't sending cops into the subway station to clear out the crazy or the homeless just because they're there and, you know, sitting in a corner, right? That's not what prompted all of this. Uh, what prompted them to send the NYPD to like start kicking people out is because there are violent, crazy people. Keyword being violent. So the the subway system, sure, you're not supposed to house the homeless and everything, but generally Can speaking, you give some examples of the violence sure, that happened in the- there was. Uh, just this week, there was a person who hit some old lady in the head with a hammer. Uh, the previous week, there was the, the subway pusher. The week before that, there was an, like, another incident. And then they're like, over the course of the winter... And these are all homeless people that were doing these acts of violence? Yeah. This is what caused Adams, right? This is what caused him to actually do this. Uh, it was send people into the subway station uh, to kind of clear them out because for whatever reason, the past few months or you know, however long, a lot of this like subway crime, right? And it's not like theft crime so much. It's just like random, unprovoked, violent attacks on regular, like just basic strap hang hangers, right? That's what prompted this. It wasn't because 
there was a homeless person just sitting in the corner or even a homeless person doing drugs in the corner. It wasn't because, you know, someone wearing black and brown and they were oh so crazy about their color choice. No, like this is specifically about violent, crazy people. And what do you do with them? This is interesting to me because I mean, I like you guys. I grew up in New York City. I was I was on the train every day for years and years and years and years. And I have to say, I mean, I've seen a lot of homeless people on the subway. I've seen a lot of disruption, I guess, in terms of like, you know, the guy laying on the bench sprawled out and he smells and it's very inconvenient and whatever. But, you know, I, I saw more violent tomfoolery from regular like asshole teenagers and like, you know, disgruntled people who did not, you know, appear to be houseless on the I've I've never really seen that much violence coming. Does this seem like it's relatively new? And if so, what do we is that is that a symptom of of where people are in New York City? Is that because COVID's been going on? Is that because people are getting poorer? I, like that's just something that's relatively new to my experience of being a New Yorker and being on the subway for many years. It's pro- it's probably all of the above yeah. to be honest. Like yeah, it, like the pandemic fucked up a lot of people. Um yeah. as far as where the violent crazy population is coming from, I have no clue cuz I can't imagine they were doing well pre-covid either. But maybe a lot of the social services they relied on aren't there anymore. I don't Got know. Necked. I'm kind of trying to understand where this is coming from because like I'm just trying to put myself in their shoes for 2 seconds and you know, if I if I were to un, if I were so unfortunate to find myself homeless and without any kind of support structure, you know, I'm sure that would take a toll on my mental health. And I'm sure that, you know, it must be frustrating to like see New York's a very uh, there are a lot of New York or a lot of New York's stature and reputation comes from its, you know, there's a lot of affu- affluent people living in New York City, living fantastical. I remember, you know, being at work at, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon and seeing the streets full of people just shopping and hanging out and doing mm-hmm. nothing. And I'm just like, how do these people do that? I guess because they can't afford to. They're they're wealthy enough to exist that way. So I'm sure that is frustrating. You know, if you're a homeless person, you know, I I, in my experience, have not seen homeless people lash out violently where they're hanging out on the subway or whatever the case may be. So that I'm just so surprised to hear that that's what's going on and that it's gotten so bad. And I don't know why or where that's coming. from. Well, you know, for for me, you know, just like like you said, you know, we all grew up you know, in you know, in New York City, you know, observing you know, how it's been. You know, we've been there for years. You know, we've seen it in the you know, in crazier times, you know, uh, back in the day. You know, we've seen it in, you know, more calm times as, you know, the, I guess, the rise of surveillance, the rise of, you know, uh, larger police forces, you know, post-Patriot Act America and stuff like that, you know, and so on and so forth, right? So what I'll say is that I don't think that it's necessarily, you know, uh, people who are homeless and unhoused or anything like that, you know, that have a monopoly on, you know, uh, random street violence or anything like that. You know, I think that's just a symptom of the city and its density in general, right? Like, it's it's mad people in the city. It's, like, almost 9 million people legally here and probably, you know, a million more that may not be documented beyond that. So, you know, it's deep in here, right? It's like an apartment with, you know, like, 20 roommates in it. We're like a fucking clown car <laughs> in the city, right? So, and, and people, you yeah. know. Not only do people act the damn fool on a regular basis, you know, irrespective of what their status is, right? 
but it's easy to see them because you know it's a clown car right and you know in these times where you know we've got you know, like you mentioned the pandemic you know economic stresses you know geopolitical stresses people acting the fool in the government in general right and like kind of inciting you know, or encouraging bad behavior in general there there's a lot of people reporting on a lot more of the the bad things you know irrespective of you know, the not bad things going on right i would say that you know most people are just kind of carrying on and living their lives and it's not so much that you know, you know, subway pusher there's like more subway pushers than there were before it kind of feels like that because you know we're not, like, there aren't a lot of people in the subways like there used to be there's not that safety in numbers there are there's not a lot of people walking around in the streets like there used to be we don't have that safety in numbers we don't have the density covering up the fuck shit so we're seeing a lot more fuck shit. So do you think that because the streets are less crowded, that is kind of providing the opportunity for people to act more a fool? Yes, I think that's part of it, right? You know, along with the other things that you mentioned, right? There's economic stressors, right? So if you if right. you don't have you you don't have any money, you don't have anybody giving giving you money anymore, right? Like they used to be able to you know, ask if you were like a homeless person, you know, unhoused person, you could ask you know, somebody for a dollar or something like that. There's nobody there to give you that dollar. You know, people are working from home. People are in their local neighborhoods. You know, people are just not outside like that, right? You know. So would you say the city is becoming a more violent place than when I lived there? Uh, I don't think that it's more or less a violent place. I think that you know, depending on who and where you are, you may have more exposure to violence than you used to because of the circumstances you know, in the world at this moment. So I guess I kind of want to also get to last week we had you, you you had mentioned the the crazy element, right? How do you make that determination? Who gets to make that determination? What is what does it mean to to classify someone as irredeemable or or that they're beyond help? Who how does that happen? What's that about? When I was saying crazy, I'm not talking about the guy who is peacefully licking the subway walls and floors or the guy in the corner doing crack i don't really give a fuck about what he's doing yeah i'm not talking about you know the kind of crazy where your color coordination you're so wild or you know like that kind of crazy the the oh you so crazy element no i'm talking about violent crazy and that is the element where you the devil made me do it that's the element mm -hmm. that you can't reason with. You can't put that guy in prison and rehab him because that's not what prison is for. You're putting him in there to punish him for attacking someone with a hammer, for example. He's not going to get it. That example sounds like schizophrenia. And most schizophrenics are not violent. Right. But when they do become violent, it is like what you're talking about. Like, oh, God told me to do it mm -hmm. or I was hearing voices or I, like you said, I had to free the butterfly out of that person's skull or something <laughs> like that. Um, but like, so, but we know that there, those types of conditions are, they're very, they're, they're difficult to treat, but I, I wouldn't say that they're impossible to treat or that, you know, it just, again, like it kind of goes back to the problem of it's going to cost money. Yeah. And I'm totally for having mental institutions where they can get treatment. No, you said the grinder last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you said. Uh, is that you, Jesus? I'm totally fine with the mental institution, but if we're not doing the mental institution, the 
current route that we have is they go into the prison, they come out, they do it again, they go into prison, they do it, they come out again. Because prison's not here to fix that. Prison's not designed to fix that. Even if prison was functioning the way that prison's supposed to function and like rehab people and they still wouldn't have the mental facilities to take care of these people. It's a hopeless situation. And you know what? If at the end of the day, right, we're not going to even try, then turning them into cow food. Look, <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's such a giant leap, though. I also find it funny that of all the things we say that is hyperbole, <laughs> this is the one. This system, this idea that we are going to take human beings and turn them into <laughs> soma pills <laughs> is the one that go, uh-huh, yeah, that's the one that he really means. That's the one that he's going to implement if he had like a city budget. Really, someone should really what he's saying is someone should think of the grinders. Who's really speaking out for the grinders here? If we had a corporate grinder <laughs> Like, so <laughs> they might push for this, right? A grinder lobby? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if we had that, you know, this might be more realistic. I think it's fairly obvious that no matter what happens, we're not putting people into grinders. But the end result is the same. You just have to find some way to deal with them. And a lot of people don't like the fact that, or are not comfortable with the fact that you can just lock people up. Yes. Uh, for being quote-unquote, crazy, because, oh, what is crazy? Well, no, you know, you're talking about the violent crazy, and you do have I mean, to We had a crazy up. guy in office. That's, see, that's what's so funny to me, is, like, there's crazy that is, like, okay if you have money, or it's okay if other people believe in the same brand of crazy. Yeah. But Donald Trump was crazy. The man is a fucking lunatic. And this guy was in office and has a lot of people ranting and raving and repeating. Yeah, his see, I rhetoric. think that's the problem. When people think crazy, they're using. No, Donald Trump is his own little brain, but he's not the kind of crazy that we're talking about. We're all a little crazy. Yeah, we're all crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like, crazy is a very broad term. You're not on the same level of, you know, I'm going to free the butterfly from that man's head with a hammer, right? And I think you can understand, like, the difference between that kind of crazy and, and Donald Trump kind of crazy. So when you look at it, like, why Donald Trump is being treated differently and not put in an insane asylum, it's because of that difference. That's not a hard concept. Where I'm getting lost is where the guy who, even the guy who believes that he has to free the butterfly from your head, I don't see him as a, a lost cause. I still think that with medication, if we tried to attack this problem a different way, other than just shooing them off the subway, like instead of using the money to, to pay cops, you know, welfare to shoo them off the subway, if we actually did have mental institutions or if we did try to rehabilitate this, it, it, we're not even trying to do that. No, I agree. I think we should have them. And I would I would pay more taxes to support it. Like I said last week, pay more taxes, but the city itself invites more opportunities by not having crazy people on the subway or in the streets. The city gets its money back in other avenues. And, and I don't and honestly, I don't know how far away from the spectrum, you know, the guy who believes that, you know, Jesus Christ had magic underwear and there was a golden tablet that told, you know, uh, Joseph Smith what to do. I don't I don't really know how far away that is from the guy trying to free the butterfly out of my head. I really I don't see that as really that 
that different. No, it's pretty different honestly. because when you're going to church, you're voluntarily going to church. You're voluntarily believing in the, uh, you know, in this. I don't, there's pressure on you. I would say there's societal pressure on depending on where you come from. Or Some dude going to church isn't uh, forcing other people to go to church. You know, your parents might or whatever they believe, but that's not what we're talking about here. You know, they're not forcing random strangers to participate in their craziness. And religious wars, that's about power as much as God. But these people, again... Or you're a politician. <laughs> you're sending cut kids to die for, you know... These are, these are free speech things, right? You want to go freedom of religion, knock yourself out. Your rights end where it starts infringing on someone else's. So when a crazy homeless person is talking to himself, hey, knock yourself out. When a crazy homeless person is assaulting someone... That's where their brand of crazy crosses a line, and and something needs to be done about it. But and and this is uh, this is different from like uh, like for example a politician who says you know God said it's right to fight this war, so I'm going to send your grandkids to go do that. That's very different. That's different. I don't think that is different because that's trying to give a justification for war, kind of like that manifest destiny. Well, shit. honestly, I don't. I don't actually. Yeah, I don't actually think that's different, but I actually don't think you know, we don't have the 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 balls to leverage the same kind of rhetoric and or utilize the same kind of solutions to deal with that. Like we don't we don't. You know, again, it's 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 easy for us to talk about you know, all the different things that we can we can or should do, right? You know, to deal with you know, both the person you know being crazy with a hammer in the subway, right? And also, you know, like the president making up a fake war to go blow up people in, you know, uh, you know some country or some brown name people. of an invisible man that lives in right. the sky. Let's exactly. just let's let's get that right. straight. Exactly. We, we, we like we're, we're not doing what needs to be done for both of those. But we're we're extra not doing what needs to be done for that larger scale person who controls more power and controls more capital than we are for that one guy in the subway. You know, that's that's the main. Problem. I will say this. Violent homeless people, all right, violent crazies are the equivalent of shark attacks. Shark <laughs> attacks make news. You get one shark attack, you close down the beach. No one can get in the water. You do something actively very strongly to stop it. Meanwhile, diabetes kills more people than, like, all the sharks put together. The shark didn't bite you because the shark is crazy. The shark bit you because yeah, it's Yeah, the shark bit you because it's a shark. Water. Why did the crazy like, person attack you because he's a crazy person? Like, whatever. But the idea <laughs> is that shark attacks make news. Christ. People dying from diabetes don't. And diabetes kills a whole bunch more people. I get that. But random violence hits different than slowly losing your foot. So I think, I don't even know where the difference is here. Like, we're, we're for uh, having mental institutions. We're for having drug rehab centers, we're for having mental health treatment. This whole um, line of arguing, but what is crazy is just this random semantics that, yeah, I'm pretty sure you know exactly the kind of crazy that goes, that should be inside a mental institution and not a prison. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't think sending like mentally ill people to prison is is a, is a solution at all. Uh, if, if this whole thing is basically, um, I don't like grinders, then okay, we can turn that. We can smelt them into a blade. No, no, it's, it's, I think it's more labeling people as 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 irredeemable. I think it's more that. That's probably a bit more interesting. In the current society, they are because they're not being treated. So again, I, I think I was making the example of 
Okay, but that's not there. That's more of a societal fail. Yeah. That's where I was making the example where homeless people are like recycling. You have your plastics and metals, easy to sort. You know what to do with them. You can recycle them. You can... Then you have the plastics. And like those are like the crazy, like hard to tell. Is it the plastic A, plastic B, plastic C? Some you can recycle, some you can't. How do you sort it out? That's where there is a difficulty. Is it completely irredeemable? No, because over time, we're going to make headways into mental health. We're going to make headways into drugs. All right. But something needs to be done with them for now. Eventually, we'll find a way to recycle them back into society. But for now, all we really have is the rubber room, like aka the, the landfill. All right. And that's where society puts them into the corner so that they, they can't see them and they can't deal with it. Hopefully, I do want them to be recycled in, into society again. That would be nice. We're not doing that. Yeah, I don't think anybody's you know, irredeemable or can't be you know, uh, you know, restored to society or you know, is unwelcome to participate in civilized society. You know, and I also agree, right? Like, it is a societal failing, right? You know, we, we say that you know, everyone is welcome. You know, we also don't support unless you're de different enough. or or you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, besides that, right? But like, we also don't provide you know, enough of uh, I guess a safety net such that people mm -hmm. can you know, yeah. you know, right choose to not be that different or choose to be different enough within the the bounds of society or whatever, right? So it's it's hypocritical, you know. But there's also you know. Unless we're willing to, you know, unless we have the guts to, to destroy society, to rebuild it in a more equitable way, you know, we, we just talking, right. basically. Yeah, I'm with that. Okay, I, I guess I agree with yeah. that. There's very sure. little that can be done because, like, making the argument that you should try and help these people when you never have enough money for anything is, like, for example, what, what, $15 billion to put in sliding doors, right, on the subway station. Mm -hmm. That's one of the plans that were like, hey, you know, why are why do we have open subways to the tracks? Why not just build doors? MTA comes around like, oh yeah, sure, we need fifteen billion dollars to do it. What the chances of fifteen billion dollars going to subway doors, which is very slim, or fifteen billion dollars going to mental health and rehab and all that stuff? I would bet you money you would get the doors first. Yeah, I yeah, I I would agree with you, and that's the that's the real problem. Is like it's not that there's it's not that there's no money. There's plenty of fucking money. It's it's how we choose to spend it and why. Because you know why we we would spend it on the sliding doors because there's some fucking company that manufactures those doors, and some jerk off, you know, gave some other jerk off a fucking hand job to get a contract so that he can make money for his dumbass company. There's no money to be made in helping homeless people or helping mentally ill people because that's just a that's a money drain. There's no profit. There's no product to be sold or or money to be made in helping those people. That's actually just charity. I would love I would love to run a homeless mental health conglomerate. <laughs> like you know like if if we want money there are there are businesses and and that you can definitely do. It's just I think when trying to advertise, trying to sell people on the plan of just helping homeless people is a difficult plan in itself. You know, it's like one, you can dress it up as, oh, you're modernizing the city, right? You're, 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 you're elevating the subway system. You're making, you know, something new, something flashy. Other things, it's, well, you're 
what you're helping the homeless like what you're giving them free money you're you're giving them a free place to stay i don't have a free place to stay i don't get free money i don't have like free resources and everything yeah but you but you do want to live in a society where you know what if you lose your job that you're not just so fucking assed out that you know oh well i've lost my job now i've lost my house i've lost my house now i'm homeless now i'm homeless now i'm fucking on the street, you know, begging people for money. I can't beg enough people for enough money. Now I start to get disgruntled and lose touch with reality, and now I've got fucking mental health problems. Oh, and now there's no support system for that, so I just get locked away. You want to live in a society where that doesn't happen, which is why you should give money to help homeless and mentally ill people. But talking about this for people is also really difficult, I think, because we don't like to believe that we are one bad decision, one financial collapse, one accident and one bad day essentially from being homeless ourselves so we create this narrative in our, in our head that oh we're not them they must have did something wrong yeah i mean that's but we're not doing that we're like we're gonna spend it on cops to shoo them out right, of the because subway. no because you know that's that's the that's that you know hypocrisy in society that's that duality of men right you people want like no one disagrees that people should do things that bet that better society or help you know people or whatever but no one's going to take the money out of their pocket to do it. No one's going to do that. No one's going, no one's going like, and it does, there's no, there's no alternative take that we're missing. You know, that you would change that, right? No one's going to be like, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be less poor or I'm going to be more poor so that I can prevent other people from being more poor. And I'm not saying that because I don't want that. I'm saying that because it's not going to happen. Not because I won't want, not because I don't want it, not because I, do, I won't advocate for it, but because it's not going to happen. We don't have the critical mass of people who is willing to restructure society to do that. We don't. Like, we just don't. Okay. Yeah, I, I, get, I guess that's, you know, I guess that's in theory why we're supposed to, like, elect people who will do things that we approve of. You know, that's, that's where the, the, the whole leadership mm -hmm. thing comes into play, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. But... You know, the, again, the system is flawed and, you know, money corrupts things like politics and politicians. So they would rather spend it on stupid shit. I, yeah, yeah, I guess that's where the problem is for me is like we have a we could design it in such a way that it functions the way it's intended to. But we I guess we're just not yeah. some, someone someone who has the ability to make some kind of decision that would impact that would be le would have one less yacht. And that's a problem for them enough to not facilitate that. Like it's 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 truly that simple, in my opinion. Then and, and conversely, there's just not enough of us on the outside to advocate for the changes required to do that. To advocate for the people who wouldn't who would make that decision, you know, even if they have one less yacht. You know, what are they, it's, it's like one of those tragedies of the commons. But that's that's how the that's how things are designed. Yeah, the systems that we designed and stuff like that, you know, in society are supposed to address this. But like you mentioned, you know, because the influence of money is too strong, right? Like why, like we have, you know, prisons and, you know, mental health institutions and things like that that are supposed to feature, you know, uh, you know rehabilitation and stuff like that, you know, both, you know, for societal purposes and mental health purposes, but, you know, they're also broke. Or they're for profit. Both of right. these are don't serve the person. The, both of these are not public services. Which they, yeah, and that's a problem. They should be, you know. 
prisons should not be a for-profit. You know, mental health institutions should not be a for-profit. There are some things that a society should have and maintain for the benefit of the society, period. You know, not not for money. Medical care should be a not-for-profit thing. Education should be a not-for-profit right. thing. Housing should be a not-for-profit thing. Right. Yep. All of that shit. Yes, yes, All yes, of that yes, shit. yes, yes, yes. Right. Like, you should be able to live, you know, from cradle to grave without having to worry about things that you need to live from cradle to grave like strict like straight up there's it, it should be unambiguous and and there should be a, a some sort of you know you shouldn't have to worry like oh because i lost my job like i need to find some other piece of shit right. job that pay, barely pays me any money or el or right, else exactly you know what i mean you literally should not need to have like you should be able to live cradle to grave without any without uh lacking for any of the things you need to just do that right i shouldn't have to spend you know 40 50 60 hours a week you know doing something you know losing my time and my life just so i can eat like that's that's shouldn't be how society right. is organized it shouldn't be how it, it functions it just shouldn't like that should be that should be gravy that should be extra right like if i want to do right. that you know i should be able to do that it, you know it's 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 Star Trek, right? Yeah, well, well. so me and Dome were having this conversation last night, and she was like, oh, you know you know those, like, countries that are rated, like, the happiest mm -hmm. in the world, like the Nordic yes. countries and all that stuff? And one of the things that, one of the criteria for, or one of the correlations for those countries being so happy and, and having those standards of living is the fact that they do ensure those things to people and you don't have to stress about them, you know, in case you like lose your job or something like that. These people are not worried about housing. These people are not worried about food because that, that shit is taken care of for them. And this is why they're able to function. They have longer lifespans. They have better quality of life. They have better, you know, well, now if sustained yeah, happiness, now if you really want to get into why that is aside from the money, right? It's because of who the money would be going to, to in order to do that. If you really want to get into that, right? Because yeah, let, yeah, no, tell me. Because all those, I, all the, break it down all those other nations are are demographically homogenous, right? Yes. All those all those yes, Nordic yes, countries yes. have people that are all the same, or most of the same, definitely culturally right. and definitively visually, right? Yes. You know, here in America, there's a whole bunch of people. You know that are all not visually similar, not demographically the same, right? And if you're going to end up, you know, giving a bunch of money and free housing to people in America who may also who might be like not white people or not Christian people or not even citizens, you know, fully of America, right? Like we can't have that, right? You know, that's what it's about. You know, that's I think that's really why. You know, we don't have these things that we should have, these things that these other countries have. Because America has mad money and mad land. So it's not a, it's not a, you know, we don't have the room to provide that. And it's not right. that we don't have the materials or the... Well, it goes against our, it goes against the, the formula of America. It, it's, there's no, you know, this is all about making money and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. And that's antithetical to handing money out to people yeah, for nothing. Who's, who's going to be the underclass, you know, if you know, everyone is not going to be in the underclass, right. right? Like if everyone gets stuff. What's the point of being rich if I'm not better than right. anyone? We're going right. to give, we're going to get, we're going to give those blacks stuff. We're going to give these gays stuff. We're going to give these Spanish dudes right. stuff. We can't have that. 
you know, it's very right. easy for you know people in Sweden to not have to worry about that problem because everyone is not blacks necessarily. You can ignore how gays right. they are, right? Or, or or Spanish or whatever because they don't really have these other demographic groups in there to worry about. That would be an interesting experiment to like just take half the population of like Sweden or something and just replace it with blacks and <laughs> see how they... You know what's funny? Like, and actually, I meant to talk to you about this. I wondered if you watched this. I forget if I, I don't even still have the tab for this. But like back in the day, there was like some show on HBO that was like something with like uh, George Clinton and P-Funk. And they were like doing like, like, psych, I guess like experiments on like race and stuff like that. And, like, one of the stories was, like, a sci-fi where, like, you know, America, you know, like, aliens visited America and they said something to the effect of, you know, you, you can have everything you want in America if you just get rid of all of the blacks. Yeah, it was called, like, Cosmic Slop or something like that. Yeah, okay, I remember. Uh, yeah, I vaguely remember this show. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I, w- I would be very interested in that, in that experiment. What would happen in a place if you suddenly had, you know, if you didn't have that uh, homogeny, yeah, right, or if you had, if you could get whatever you want, but you had to commit to that homogeny, would you? What would what would a country do? Hmm. And this thing is kind of like Tales from the Hood. Great movie. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard. I still I still believe that it's possible. That's the and that that's the reason why you know, no matter how fucked up shit gets like i'm still like on the ball and i think that's the way that you know a lot of uh i guess disenfranchised groups operate in america right you know, they still believe in that possibility of we can have our cake and eat it too we can we can have that diversity yeah. and also spread things around more equally yeah i mean that's the that's the dream right that's the goal that's that's what in theory we're all working yeah. towards but i i believe in that but for us to get there, we're gonna need you know some people to do some do some shit, right? Like I can I don't have the privilege of bringing the guillotine to the door, right? Some people who do have that privilege of bringing the guillotine to the door safely are gonna have to do that in fit in support of me and you and the poor and so on and so forth, the working class. Someone's right. people who have the ability to do that and not you know, get kettled you know, thrown in jail and stuff like that are gonna have to do that. Even though I don't have to worry, you I don't have to worry about getting an AK and like defending my backyard against like some invader, like it was Red Dawn. I do like I look at voting as that, and I look at you like protesting and stuff like that as that, right? You agitating within the system and outside of the system as that. That's like that's the same thing as picking up that AK. Nothing can make me too cynical to do what I need to do. Nothing. And I don't mean just like, oh, like, you just got to vote. You vote blue no matter what, right? Because, like, that's, that's clearly functionally not enough. But I mean more like, you know, looking at these concepts as, this, as just as important to defend and, and execute as, you know, picking up that AK and defending the nation. Because it is that serious. Like, people fought and died for my right to do that materially in this lifetime, right? Like, my, like I always say, like, I've been... You know, like my dad was not even a citizen. You know, my dad was not even, you know, ha- did not even have full civil rights while he was standing in this country. He's like not even like 8,000 years old. He's like barely 63, right? So like, I, I'm not that far from being, you know, someone that don't have rights in this country. Yes. So that's why it's important. And I feel, I wish everybody thought of it like that, you know, no matter how young you are. 
no matter how old you are. It's that serious. All right, very cool, very cool. Moving on, guys, moving the conversation along. There's some good news is the COVID restrictions are, are loosening up. People are starting to hang out again and, and, and not really worry about social distancing anymore. I don't know if that's smart or not smart, but, but one guy's taking this too far. <laughs> Vladimir Putin, who thinks it's okay to invade another fucking oh, country. Oh, boy. That is, yeah. a, that is an amazing <laughs> so. segue. I fucking like that. I like that. I like that. Not social distancing yeah. so much. So what are we, guys, I, what is going on in Ukraine? Holy fucking shit. Europe is seeing war, like ground forces and troops killing each other. I've seen that the, uh, the Ukrainian government was handing out, uh, what was it? Uh, I think tens of thousands of AK-47s. They're teaching people how to make Molotov yep. cocktails on public access television. Yep. Holy fucking shit. I never thought I would even see something like that. While I was alive, what do you guys? Yeah, dude, think? like it's uh, you know, it's it's gangsta out there in in uh, Eastern Europe right now. Like it's it's wild in Ukraine. Like it, you know, Putin, like you saw it, right? Like Putin went on TV and you know stated explicitly that you know he didn't believe that the Ukraine you know, should be a country. Ukraine should be a country. Like he thought it was a mistake that you know Lenin you know, made. And he was going to undo that historical mistake because, you know, uh, Ukraine is, he believes Ukraine is part of Russia. So he, was right. just, he just decided, you know, he woke up and chose violence, right? It's time to violate this border and, you know, go take back what's ours. And his bullshit excuse was that he was, like, stamping out some Nazi element yeah. or some he, bullshit like that, that there's no... That's my favorite out. thing in the universe, right? So he said at the same... T he said simultaneously, you know, that, you know, the country shouldn't exist. He wanted to decommunize the country, but at the same time also denazify the country. So they're, they're, they're Nazi commies in, 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 in a, in a non-real country, right? This almost and, sounds like America. Oh, it's, really. oh my God, it's... Perfect. I, I can't even like. Please, that that's got to stay. That's exactly right. It sounds exactly like a like fucking American rhetoric. Like like there's there's yet there's yellow cake uranium in your in Ukraine, and we gotta go liberate it. We gotta fight him over there, so we don't have to fight yes. him over here in yes. Mother Russia. You know, that's that's what he did, right? Like somewhere in like you know paragraph seventy two of his address. You know, talking about you know, other things like uh, uh, other countries and like you know, maybe you know, the the NATO and yeah, uh, we have to liberate Ukraine. So you know, we're doing a. But that's the real reason he's going in is because he did not want the Ukraine joining uh, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Yeah, right? like that. Well, that that's definitely one of the reasons. That's one hundred percent one of the reasons, right? And you know, he you know that's the same reason why he uh, uh, fought uh, Georgia. You know, and uh, Osetia, you know, back mm -hmm. in like 08, and the first time that uh, U uh, Ukraine was attacked back in 2014, right? It was right. So give me a little. I mean, I you you probably know a little bit more about this than I do, and maybe you could give our, our listeners a little bit of, of of the history here. So what happened in 2014? He annexed Crimea, right? Is that what happened? Uh, and why did they leave? If they why did they leave in 2014, or when they initially attacked and annexed some of the Ukrainian territory. There, there, you know, there was a, a, I guess, a Ukrainian revolution, right? The Maidan revolution, right? There was, there was protests that that occurred there, you know, in in Ukraine. There, were, you know, the protests got violent. You know, the president was uh, taken out 
you know, was ousted there, you know, Viktor Yanukovych, and, you know, the government was overthrown. There was like a coup or whatever, right? Russia did not like what happened, you know, particularly because there is a, there is, you know, speculation, though, of course, you know, again, I don't really know like that, but there's speculation that, you know, uh, Mr., you know, former President Yanukovych, whatever, might have been a very pro-Russia individual, right? There was going to be a deal for, uh, you Ukraine to join the EU, right? And then when he mm-hmm. was supposed to sign it, he did not. He ended up not signing it, and that's why the you know the riots occurred, right? That's why the oh yeah. shit, okay. So, and you know there are people that believe right that the reason why it wasn't even after all that speculation, whether it be the reason why it wasn't signed is because he's a very pro-Russian uh, president, a puppet president, if you were, if you will. Gotcha. So that that's what that was, right? The people the people didn't like it. And bringing us to the current president, which is what uh, Vladimir Zelensky, yes. right? This guy, and I I just learned this the other day. This guy was like a comedian slash entertainer, and I see this guy fucking. He's not leaving the country. He's standing. He's fighting. He's she's he's he's show. He's demonstrating to his people that he's not giving up. He's you know, he even told the European leaders, this may be the last time you see me alive, but I'm going to do this. We're going to fight for our territory. We're going to fight for our home. This guy has fucking balls. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, right? So when when America has, you know, actors and you know, and or comedians or, you know, I guess social figures as leaders or whatever, we have you know, Ronald Reagan and Trump, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> and then when, when other countries have it, right, when, when countries like Ukraine have it, they have dudes that are really, you know, about that life. Like, he's actually defending his country, like, for real. You know, the, the mayor of Kiev or whatever is former boxer, uh, you know, Vladimir Klitschko. And, like, Klitschko? he's sitting yeah. there, you know, you know, on the front lines, you know, defending his city, you know, also with the AK, like, we outside, like, come fuck with us, right? So... Like that, that's, I don't, I don't, I don't even, there's nothing else to say, right? That's, that's leadership, whether you, you, you like it or don't, right? Like you can't fuck with that. Yeah. I have, I have no idea what their politics are or what they believe in or what they're, you know, but the idea of, um, like de Blasio standing outside <laughs> city hall, you know, saying like, come get this is, uh, you know, like you know, he like he wouldn't. He don't want that smoke. He don't. Even, he eats pizza with the fork. Like and he roots for the Red Sox. Like how the fuck can you defend? How the fuck can you defend New York and you eat pizza wrong? Like, fuck out of here. As an avid Civ Six player, I feel like I I understand where where Putin's coming from. For some reason, it's it's like he's still trying to go for this um, military victory when that's just completely out of into the realm of uh, impossibility at this point. Russia is, as a country, isn't is kind of in a somewhat of a precarious situation. Their no, number one export is oil, right? Gas, and you know we're like moving away from that. They don't really have other diversified interests uh, economically. They're superpower because they're you know sitting on a bunch of nukes. They're surrounded essentially on all all sides. You know the the idea and strategy of containment worked basically pushed them into you know into the corner you know he's he's trying to get that buffer so like as a civ 6 player you understand what kind of position he's in or russia's in if he has that state of mind that said we are definitely living in a more 
civilized time where as you can see like just outright invading countries is you know not something that is looked upon favorably by nearly the entire world at this point you know like he's he still has that like threat that like nato is going to come knocking on his doorstep what i didn't realize i guess was ukraine is a pretty fertile and resourceful rich country which could also be a motivating factor for him yeah a lot of the factories that produce the uh the tanks are actually in ukraine right uranium i know they've got a pretty good food production uh, agricultural right uh they've got a lot of resources so this could be something that he sees as maybe one of those ways to re-diversify mm-hmm. his bonds so to speak you know right yeah yeah i mean there there are there are some people that you know, argued that you know that's like one of the the secret reasons right he's got to feed his country and he wants to secure their breadbasket right you know, so right, and in addition, provide that buffer zone so that NATO's not on his right. doorstep. You know, but the the thing is, right? Like, like the you, know, I I t- I generally like I personally you know, take umbrage with like the the NATO thing and stuff like that. You, know, it's a it's a tr- it's a treaty organization, right? It's not like some you know, some standing attack army that's just like sitting there. You know, and it's it's not a thing that expands because you know anyone wants it to expand. It's a thing that expands because people want to join it, right? Like for right. example, right? Uh, the you know a lo- Russia tried to start their own you know NATO with blackjack and hookers called CSTO, <laughs> right? And you know they they invited all of the nations that you know, divested themselves from Russia when the uh, USSR fell, right? And Un, you know, not surprisingly, they chose, you know, those, those countries chose not to join, you know, those, cho- those countries chose either to remain independent or associate with the EU. And then as far as defense and stuff like that, again, I'm not like some sort of defenseologist or anything like that, but, you know, they chose to become part of NATO, right? And the reason why is because, you know, they wanted to, pre- they wanted to protect themselves and logically, you know, against you know, an imperialist Russia, right? Because they had been part of imperial, you know, formerly imperialist Russia already, mm-hmm. right? Before, so yeah. you being you know, being afraid of NATO is like like yes, they were afraid of NATO, but they were afraid of NATO because NATO logically you know, stems their ambitions, right? If I want to you know, reform the Russian Federation, right? You know, and I want to take back all the countries I used to have. Right, it's going to be difficult to do so if there is a, a defensive alliance. You're sitting there willing, you know, and you can't. If you pick a fight with one of us, you know, you pick a fight with all of us. You know, if you're going to launch nukes, right, and start, you know, we're going to launch nukes too, right? You know, it's mutually assured destruction. Right. So, how do you guys think this could play out? I mean, the scenarios are either, you know, they will. I mean, they're already the Russians are already pretty much encircling the capital. They've got troops throughout much of the country, uh, a lot of heavy fighting going on. So far, thank goodness, the Ukrainians seem to be holding their ground. Um, but it doesn't look like we're going to get militarily involved. We're sending them money. Uh, the options here is that Ukraine falls or that Ukraine um, somehow survives the onslaught on its own. Right? Yeah, pretty those, much, right? I mean... Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you look at, I mean, if Russia really wanted to do it, you know, it's pretty much in the bag, right? But I guess they didn't expect it to be so difficult. Like, they thought they could just walk in. 
Yes. I think that you know, they thought that they were just going to roll in there, you know, capture Kiev and you know, right away, you know, uh, install a, a you know, pro-Russian government, you know, just like was there before. And, you know, it was going to be, you know, bloodless, right? Like relatively bloodless the same way that, you know, uh, Crimea was, the same way that, you know, uh, Ossetia and Georgia was. Like, that's what they thought, right? And when that didn't materialize, you know, they started doing, you know, more shit, you know. You more you know more heavy bombing and heavy shelling and stuff like that, right? So now it's like three four days, right? You know, capital hasn't fallen. You know, no other towns have fallen. You know, and more and more pressure is coming. You know, uh, societally, more more and more you know, eyes are on what's yeah, going on. Yeah, the Russians on. are not the Russians happy are not happy. This. Like the Russian yeah. people are no. not into and this. you know the other you know, other nations in the EU. And you know, and also you know, in the U.S. or whatever have you know gotten together and started you know, waging economic sanctions, right? So instead of it being like a, a hot war where you know these countries are sent you know, sending soldiers and troops, right? It's you know, uh, Cold War Two, right, or Cold War Three, right? You know, this is economic war, and you know, like some of the most like hardcore sanctions were placed on the place on Russia and you know, related you know banks and entities like yesterday right disconnected them from the global banking system right so on Monday morning right you get they're gonna you know, people in Russia are gonna wake up you know, try to go get money from the bank or whatever and find that it might not be there you know like wow. shit is gonna... yeah I was gonna say help me understand this John because I feel like we've tried the sanctions game with Russia I mean pretty much that's our only card be- unless you know we're willing to actually fight them which we we so far have not been and it would be catastrophic if we went that route it seems like um but they've never really seemed to give a shit about any of the sanctions that we've imposed on them before why is this well the- you know the the reason why these, I guess, these sanctions are different because these sanctions actually have teeth as opposed to the ones where they do before, right? And, you know, these sanctions okay. have teeth in that, you know, you know, they're targeting, you know, specific, you know, oligarchs. They're targeting, you know, specific, you know, they're targeting all of the banks in Russia, you know, and all of, you know, all of the ways that they interconnect with the global financial systems rather than being like only one bank. Right, because if it was just one bank, you could just move all your your money to some other bank and transact like normal, right? If you're rich as fuck, like Vladimir Putin or his boys or whatever, right? Like, what does it mean? Oh, like I can't get six hundred dollars, uh, six hundred million dollars out of Chase. I'll just put them in TD Bank. I'll be fine, right? But all of the banks are shut down, even the central bank, right? You know, Bank of Russia, right? So, you know, this these these have teeth, and they're being enforced all over the the global marketplace right so not just you know, by any one actor but all of them right so they're kind of financially okay. isolated the way that like somebody like north korea is somebody like you know iran is somebody like venezuela is that's that's where that's what's that's what's happening now like the the news is kind of so fast moving and and unreliable um you know until it really gets checked um i I read somewhere, and I don't even know if this is true. Um, I was, uh, do you have you heard differently? Is that did they have cut at carve outs um, for their energy exports? Because if there are carve outs, that's kind of you know not. What does that mean, carve outs? It means they mean? basically can't do business unless it's related to their energy exports. It's carved out of the whole. I guess financial or economic blockade that they set up. 
because you know uh, Europe <laughs> unfortunately relies on Russia for much of their energy. So you know it's easy for us to be here, not really relying on Russia to go. Oh hey yeah you know just just stop doing business with them. You know meanwhile if Germany does it for example their citizens are going to pay increased costs. It'd be like if we decided, you know what? Screw China. We're not going to do business with you anymore. Well, like, yeah. like, fuck, like we as citizens, as U.S. citizens are going to feel that, right? And then we are going to push back on the government. Right. So, yeah, I was wondering, I just, I, I don't know, like if, um, if energy exports were included. Yeah, I think, you know, there, there were carve outs, you know, for that, you know, and, you know, it's it's up to you to determine, I guess, how you know how useful those are or aren't. You know, how cynical we want to be about those or not, right? You know, because you know it could be said, oh well, if there's like any carve outs, then like they'll just say that every transaction is for gas, <laughs> and you know the money, you know, all the money will flow out, and like you know everything will carry on as normal. But I really don't think that you know, even with that, it's going to be you know it's going to allow the country to function. You know, globally as it has been. I, I think it's going to be very, very painful for the people in Russia, like, immediately. Like, there's already, pe there's already you know, uh, people, you know, running to the banks and stuff like that. You know, uh, lines around ATMs. I've already seen Yeah, for sure it's going to hurt. Like, this morning. Does this put Putin between a rock and a hard place? Because now he's, he, you know, he, he unzipped his pants, he took his dick out. He's either got to <laughs> fuck or, or go home with, with a limp dick, right? Uh, and that's not Putin's not the kind of guy that wants to go home with a limp dick. Right? I mean, he's 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 definitely in a rock and a hard place because he he's already he is already invaded. He's he thought that he was gonna you know it was gonna roll them instantly. It's already not happened, right? So it's again three days, four days, or whatever, right? So you know his you know the mighty I guess uh, Russian military is looking less mighty than they thought they were going to, right? Like right. literally, like the president of 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 Ukraine is like on video, you know, every day. Like you, know, it's another day, and like we still here. Like what's up, right? Yeah, right. fuck you. you know, we outside, like you ain't shit. You, know, we're still fighting, right? So you, know, he's he's looking whack, right? And then you, know, the people you know, are starting to feel the people in his own backyard are starting to feel the effects of this, right? They're they're you know protesting in in Moscow and Saint Petersburg and shit like that, right? They're you know, you know, making uh, statements you know, on you know, online you know, in you know, sporting events and TV shows and so on and so forth you know, protesting you know, the war right saying no war please or you know, like stop you know, stop doing this Russia and stuff like that right you know, the information war that you know, we would be normally concerned with Russians because Russians are very you know, they have a lot of uh, you know, bots and troll farms and stuff like that they've been very very good at asymmetric information war. You know, the last like ten years or so, right? They're clearly losing that at this moment because you know even you know, other hackers, right? Like even like you know there's there's rumors that like anonymous and like other hacking groups are you know hacking their systems, you know, knocking their websites offline, you know hacking their broadcasting things to you know show footage of what's going on, right? So that you know the state media's cannot be uh, cannot control the narrative. He, you forget, you forget having to like fuck or like go home with a limp dick. Like I actually think like he's trying to fuck, and like you know he's not getting it up. It's not working right now. You know? <laughs> like he's trying to, and it, it's not the the pill hasn't hit. 
And this is, I mean, that's got to be a blow to his, his, his ego, his self-image. I mean, he's big, strong man, shirtless, fighting bear yeah. Putin. You know, and, you know, here, you know, here's, here is a country, you know, the size of Texas, Ukraine, right? Versus here is, you right. know, you know, right. Fucking Russia, half the earth. <laughs> <of> the- <laughs> you know, and, you know, they haven't, you know, it's been three days. They haven't rolled over them. The entire, the entire, I guess, free and democratic world have you know, united against them. And stated, you know, unequivocally, like we don't like this. This is bad, right? There's no perception. You know, there's there's no real perception, right? There's of course like the you know spicy contrarian hot takes that like, well, you know, maybe you know it's actually not Russia's fault or whatever. You know, maybe you know it's actually this group or some other group or whatever. But the general consensus is that you know it's they were the aggressor, right? It's a lot of it's a lot of self ownage at this moment. So we'll, but it it remains to be seen. We'll see how this progresses. You know, I hope that you know, the 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 war, like the hot war, ends like ASAP because you know, all seeing people die is like not like I don't want people to die anymore. Like I just don't. Yeah, we can all. I'm I'm anti-war. You know, I'm anti-imperialism, and if I'm anti-imperial, I'm anti-all imperialism, right? So like U.S. imperialism is bad, but also you know Russian imperialism is bad. Like I need. I need people that purport to be about that to keep the same energy, keep stay consistent. One hundred percent. I'm interested in the lessons that that China is learning uh, from this. You know, as much as Russia likes Ukraine, China likes Taiwan. Now, granted, China is not just going to be able to roll in there because uh, U.S. has protection packs and Taiwan makes all the computer chips in the world. So we have vested interests, but just seeing how the world responds could be very enlightening for the government over there to kind of be like, okay, well, like we can't do that. <laughs> you know, doing that is, uh, you know, might cause some problems from the rest of the world as well. If we just decide to unilaterally decide to take over a country, it, it feels like we're living in history. Yeah, we, you know, we we sure for are. Sure, you know, shit, shit is wild in twenty twenty two, man. It was f- funny to me to, to just kind of see some of the interesting parallels while while Putin was saying, I'm going in there to fight Nazis or whatever that stupid shit. But this is like almost exactly how Hitler got started. You know, he's like, I'll just invade a, a little Poland here and there or a little, uh, you know, and, and, you know, the rest of Europe was like, ah, fuck him. He'll let him let him tire himself out, you know, and then we see we saw how that yeah. turned out. You know, he's. This you is know. this is definitely like the, the Hitler speed run any percentage, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like for sure, you know, no t- uh, t- uh, tools, no tools. You know, like not, not tool assisted, right. right? So, but right. this time, I feel like society has collectively not allowed him to just do what he's yeah. doing as best as they can, right? Because again, you know, no one has sent you know, a single, not Troops. one troop has has gone right. over. Right? It's 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 the Ukraine army versus you know the Russian army and you know whatever i guess russian i guess resources they get i've i've seen again this is very fast moving i've seen stuff where like some chechnyan you know uh groups have come in you know maybe like uh belarus might send some of their military to assist stuff like that like i've seen things like that right but it's it not one troop has come from anywhere else thus far right and you know that's how it that's ostensibly how it should be until and unless you know somebody from some other country you know, get shot at. I think the um, Russian missiles hit like 
a Japanese ship. They hit like some other uh, random ships uh, in in the area. Like no one's died yet, but you know it's hard to tell how much of this is uh, I guess Western propaganda versus actual facts. But it does seem like that the Russian military is a bit unpolished in 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 terms of I guess how the news is uh, has portrayed them. Do you think that's a matter of time until, you know, the wrong gun gets pointed at the wrong ship or wrong plane, and then co- other countries will be forced to start? Sure. Do you think that's... Didn't, uh, didn't they, like, shoot down an airplane, right, uh, well, passengers, even not that long ago? You know, like, is that enough to bring people, other people into the war? I don't know. Uh, the, the Lusitania. It's crazy to see, you know, war like this in our time, you know, it, I mean, it's also interesting, you know, right? So if you're in, like, the Middle East or something like that, like, you're probably seeing shit like this every day. Like, if you're in a country that has a lot of civil war and stuff like that, you're seeing bombs and shit like that every day, you know. But, you know, uh, war on the European continent you know, to this uh, extent is not a thing we've seen since World War Two. You know, not a thing that we've seen since, you know, the fall of the... USSR and stuff like that back you know in the early 90s or whatever right so that's why this is so striking and you know even though this is not the first i guess social media uh war military operations and stuff like that like this is definitely the one that has the most uh cameras and so, like we're we're watching war crimes in 4K oh dude i was i was watching um <laughs> streams of it coming off of twitter of actual combat footage ukrainians like running around in um like on on twitter like like firing back it's it's kind of crazy that everyone's like a war correspondent now you can actually see frontline action it's war has never been filmed in this way we've come a long way since command and conquer (laughs) yeah you know this country has our own problems with all the things we talked about uh earlier in, in in this podcast but we never had to deal with an existential threat to existence. Yeah. As much as you want to shit on the US, right? Like, yeah, I mean, like you could be, I mean, through through random chance, you know, like you could be a dude that was born in the Middle East fighting airstrikes every day of your life or between different sects and religions. Like you could be in Ukraine, like literally fighting for your country's very survival and not some, I guess, fevered speech from a political leader, like literal survival of, of, of your country. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's like sometimes it's nice to take a step back and be like, yeah, folks in this country are actually pretty lucky in that, in that respect. Absolutely. The toughest fight we had recently was whether or not to wear a damn mask. I mean, <laughs> people are fighting for their very just right to exist. The scary thing is, it feels like we almost kind of failed on that one. <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah, lost we, the we mask literally war too. Did. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the, the, fun, the funny thing is, right, so these, these people are willing to, to, to do what it takes to defend you know, their, their borders and defend their country and defend you know, their right to exist and stuff like that. You know, but we're, we're sitting here crying about like fucking mass mandates, but you know, we also aren't, you know, we're also scared to go to jail and stuff like that, right? We're, we're hoping that you know, dudes will come through here with trucks you know, like they do in Canada and stuff like that. We, we just soft, man. Everything's on the scale. If your freedom is not literally being threatened, then maybe some other things can feel like your freedom is being, like, you know, threatened. Yeah. It's perspective. Like, it's, yeah, uh, we're soft. 
All right, you heard it here on this show first, guys. America, <laughs> you're soft. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to get more letters. <laughs> it looks like, yeah, that we're going to leave it there for for this week's episode of Red Channel Condition. But for any questions, comments, concerns, or if you just want to drop us a line, please uh, feel free to send us an email at redchannelcondition at gmail.com. And check out the new YouTube videos that we posted. We got some new content up on our YouTube channel. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, guys. Have a great week. Glory to Ukraine. Fuck Putin. What do people say during these times? Oh, yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs>